Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. It is a fascinating situation that is going to play out in New England over the coming months. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. That is your Dr. Pepper call in line for you to be a part of the program, and we welcome you to do just that. Joseph This situation in New England, everybody's talking about, should they fire Belichick? What should they do here? How do they handle it? They're never going to fire him. How's this going to go? We had a discussion just about 20 minutes ago with Jeff Saturday, ESPN NFL analyst. And I want to bring back this soundbite from what Jeff had to say about the future of Bill Belichick and if he is actually able to potentially work with somebody else who would then be in charge of personnel. And he is just in charge of coaching the team. Can he evaluate himself properly that way? Here's Jeff. If you're him and you're being honest with your assessment, right? I mean, this guy has has let go of more players that people were like, how would you let this guy go? And he's like, well, I just think it's time. At some point, you got to look at your roster and go, man, our roster doesn't match up. I mean, our, our we don't have any players on offense that scare you from an explosive perspective. You know, our, our, our probably our best playmakers are our tight end. Like, like that don't win in the NFL, right? That doesn't track. So, um, from a defensive perspective, they haven't been able to keep up. But, but again, that may be because the offense has played so poorly. You have to admit what it is. And in the NFL, when someone thinks you've lost your fastball in a certain area, they, they don't fix it or move on. He has had to do that. And I think that's what, if he decided he wouldn't, that's the position you're putting Robert Kraft in. And I think with that, let's consider this. Robert Kraft is getting on in years, and he has expressed how important it is for him to win again soon and how important it is to get to the playoffs. There are a few different things here, Joe. If you're Bill Belichick, would you ever accept somebody else making the call on personnel and your job is just to coach the team if that's how Robert Kraft views his best opportunity to win now? Accept to keep your job or accept and embrace. I think that's the important part because some people could accept something like that because it keeps them in the seat. And then they think, all right, how am I going to work around this individual? How am I going to get this individual to bend the knee to me? Or is it accepting? I'm going to embrace this individual's knowledge and insight, and I'm going to incorporate it into what I have to offer. And we're going to work as a team. I don't know. I don't know if that second one is something that takes place. You know, (laughs) how do you, How do you get mentioned in the conversation as the greatest NFL coach of all time, achieve what you've achieved, and then decide someone else is calling the shots? How do you do that? Yeah. That's swallowing an awful big slice of humble pie. 
Yeah, I mean, it's now that's what the greats do. The absolute greatest amongst us understand that it's not about ego. The faster you're able to get away from ego, to get away from emotion, and to get back to the business of making good decisions, those are the people that rise above. Those are the people that have success. Those are the people that aren't wallowing in a mistake they may have made or worrying what the outside's going to think of them. Those are the ones that have the edge because so many people get caught up in what other people think of them or how this is going to be perceived. None of that actually matters. So if you're able to eliminate that from the equation, you're able to think clearer and you're able to make better decisions. I just don't know how that would work in New England. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out if you're if you're Robert Kraft. You have to have at least some sort of allegiance to Bill to the point where you're saying what this guy has done for this organization over the last two decades. Am I going to throw that away because I have watched three years of the post Tom Brady era and it hasn't worked with this quarterback in Mac Jones? Like, don't you at least have to be considering the idea of giving Bill one more swing at it? And saying, you know what? Okay. Maybe it's Mac that's the problem. But what's Let's the, go find you another quarterback and take one more shot at this. But what's the clearest path to that? What is the clearest path to the New England Patriots winning sooner rather than later? Because it, just in talking to people, that is what is most important to Robert Kraft. I don't think the word rebuild from just my impression is in that vocabulary right now. There's there's no time for the rebuild. We got to get this in while I'm still around. And and how many years do you think that is? Let's put a, a time on that. I mean, do you say win one in the next five years? I, I think it's that feels like more in the next two to three. Okay, that two to three years. That's like a quick a five, turnaround. Hey, five years is a rebuild. Okay, two to three is no. We need to get this done sooner rather than later. So what's the best path there? Is it Bill with somebody else? Would Bill ever agree to something like that? I don't see it. I mean, just think about what Bill said this summer. And it's a comment that I'm sure he regrets making publicly, but it does not take away from the fact that he absolutely thinks it. And it was, what gives you faith that, or what would you tell the fan base to give them faith as to why this team is going to be better this year. And his response was the last 25 years. In other words, everything I've done for you the last 25 years, you should have faith in what I'm doing. That, to me, speaks to how Bill feels about it. And he should. I get it. I absolutely get it. That's why I can't see him allowing himself to work almost under somebody else. I think he'd walk away. And so then if you're Kraft, you're left with, I got to go find the young, innovative coach. I got to go find the next Mike McDaniel. And I got to go find the next GM who can fix this sucker pretty damn quick. And whether that's, okay, let's go bring in Justin Fields in a trade because he's further along and he may be ready to win. And the Bears are going to want to draft their own guy and reset the clock. Looking at everything that is going to make it happen in short order without being that Band-Aid team. Being the Band-Aid team is the worst thing. No, it's the absolute worst. The absolute worst. You don't want to be stuck in limbo. It's the worst place to be in sports, where you're just missing the playoffs, but you're not high enough high enough, enough up the draft board. You know, in the NBA, yeah. it's the worst place to be. It's the worst place to be anywhere. Baseball, it doesn't necessarily matter because you're drafting these guys and developing them for years in the minor leagues. The Patriots are 
being going to be presented with a, a remarkable opportunity because oftentimes when you decide to move on, it doesn't necessarily put you in a situation where you're going to be able to get the new quarterback and start everything all in one fell swoop. Like, Look at the Bears, for example. They kind of had fields, and then they were trying to figure out which direction they were going to go. Right now, if I'm reading this correctly, in the year 2024, New England is scheduled to have 42 players under contract with $80 million in cap space. That's third most in the NFL behind only the Bears and the Titans. That means you can spend. You can spend. You can go out and get a, shall we say, Mike Evans, who's a free agent wide receiver after this season. Calvin Ridley is going to be a free agent wide receiver after this season. Because if you're going to reboot at quarterback and you end up having a terrible record where you could get a Drake May or maybe even a Caleb Williams, you bring in the QB, you spend the money on the wide receivers, and suddenly you find yourself in a position where at least you have some sort of direction. You have some sort of identity. You have a message. We have a new quarterback. We have some wide receivers around him. We are going to try to move forward with this unit. This is who we are now. That gives you an opportunity. I don't know if they're going to be able to figure that out, though. Can you get the guy to sign, and can you get one of the highly touted quarterbacks? The only way you're going to do that is if you keep losing. And that's something they've done very well so far this year. They have really done it exceptionally well. And I see no reason to believe that Bill is going to be there beyond this year. Because I think all of these discussions are going to be on the table. And I can't imagine with what he has accomplished and that feeling that is inside of it that he will want to be here to get this turned around quickly and somebody else is involved and oh look another guy who came in and had to be the gm had to come in and bail me out for us to win another one Mm, no 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 across the board that says to me there's no shot somebody else might want to hire bill and maybe he wants to go and do that but i i think you are at the end here in new england but it is fascinating to me last part would bill make this messy would bill make it a messy exit because i will submit this to you joseph he is an all-time grudge holder he is an all-time grudge holder i don't I don't know. When you're in your 70s and you've achieved what he's achieved. Listen, man, talk to to my mom at 90. Everything. She can't remember a damn thing but the grudges, okay? I would love to believe there's a level of wisdom there where you would realize, all right, this is how things go towards the end. What's the point of holding this grudge? I'm going to go sign and coach the Dallas Cowboys next year. That's what I'd be thinking. No, I'm just talking about the grudge in New England. No, I know. I I don't think he I don't think he makes it messy. I I really don't see that. You got to have a certain level of wisdom at that age with that success to have understood. And it's a little bit of a real realistic viewpoint where you had this opportunity post Brady. The organization chose you over Brady. This is what you did. You had your chance. You drafted Mac Jones. You weren't able to win enough games. The organization eventually is moving on. You've been given plenty of time. At some point, you have to realize, like, yeah, that's that's the way the cookie crumbles. I would like to believe that it goes out with dignity, that the two sides come together, and instead of the firing, it's the either mutually agreeing or he's just stepping down, and we go off with grace. I I think that that is how this story should end. I mean, for everyone outside of New England, you want to see it end messy because of everything they did to the league over the last two decades. You're adorable. <laughs> I just, you know, I mean, it's an optimistic Tuesday. That's Listen, what it is. It's an optimistic Tuesday. Down the Tuesday. line, down the line, it'll get cleaned up and Bill will get his flowers and all yes. that. But right away, mm, little sticky.
little sticky. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. The Patriots are one of many teams that need a new quarterback for next year, including one that played last night. We will get into that next on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 8. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. You know, thought we could make a play to go win it right there in the end zone. Love, end zone. Also sense that he feels an enormous amount of pressure. I know there's all these things you're trying to figure out. You're replacing a legend. You're a guy that's following Aaron Rodgers who followed Brett Favre. So it's been 30 years of Hall of Fame caliber play. You don't have to be that. That's a bad loss for the Green Bay Packers last night to the Las Vegas Raiders. It's a bad loss. And Jordan Love was... What's the word I'm looking for? Not good. Not good. That's two words. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Listen, (laughs) I'm not buying the Jordan Love we need to start thinking about bailing on him yet. I I don't think that's completely fair because this is really the first opportunity he's getting to play consistently through his career. I want to hear from Troy Aikman uh, on this. Uh, He popped up on SportsCenter after the game on what he has seen from Jordan Love this year. I had his first start a few years back uh, in his second mm. year when he played at Kansas City. And it was a tough, tough game for him. And, you know, those are big shoes to step into. There's no doubt. Aaron Rodgers did it when he replaced Brett Favre. And now it's Jordan Love's turn. And, you know, there's a lot of expectations. And you're right. We're, we're in an age where we don't really allow guys to develop. Now, granted, it's his fourth year. So it's not like he's a rookie player that's just playing 
played his sixth game, but there were a lot of things that were working against Jordan Love today. I, I think when I've watched him coming into this game, there's been times when he's looked really good, but I also sense that he feels an enormous amount of pressure. When I watch him, it, it seems like he, he knows that pressure is there, and it's on his face. Listen, there's no doubt that there's a ton of pressure on him. Uh, whenever you're taking over for somebody like Aaron Rodgers, you're going to face that pressure. But I would also uh, point out that the entire Green Bay fan base was ready to move on from Aaron Rodgers. So they understood what they were getting, and they understood that there were going to be bumps in the road along the way. Did they think that they were going to get somebody who was bottom of the league right now in QBR? I think he's 24th or 25th right now. Probably not. But you need to give Jordan Love some time. You need to give him an opportunity here before you are going to fully be ready to move on from him. I'm not ready to say that at the end of this season, the Packers are definitively moving on. And remember, they kind of restructured his whole back end of this contract so that it would work to his benefit to get some more money now and to their benefit as well as to how they wanted to play this. I still think this guy's got some ability. I think we see some good things. We just haven't seen enough of them yet. So you're not going to move on from him in a hurry for a variety of reasons. Number one, you don't have to. Green Bay hasn't won a Super Bowl, I understand, since they beat the Steelers in Dallas back in whenever that was, 09, 010, something like that. But as an organization, to go from Favre to Rodgers to Love, you kind of have some leeway here. Like, there's not a whole lot of pressure for Green Bay to be good right now. There are teams that need to play well. Like, Dallas needs to play well. Enough's enough with them. Dak, McCarthy, all the talent. Like, enough's enough. You go around the NFL, the Chargers need to play well now. There are teams that are in that spot. Buffalo needs to continue to win. The Packers, not really. No one expected much this season. Everyone knows we're in a transition. Take advantage of that. When public perception is on your side and they're willing to be patient with you, take advantage. Why rush it? Why, why reboot everything very quickly? No one's calling for it. There are plenty of teams that are calling for change. Chicago is calling for change, right? New England's calling for change. That's not happening in Green Bay. So take your time, see what you have, because it's very rare in the NFL that you will be afforded time. They are being afforded time. The other reason you don't want to give up on Jordan Love just yet is because you want to know what you have in Matt LaFleur, the head coach. Anybody can go to and lose in the playoffs with a Hall of Fame quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. Anybody can do that. It doesn't take a whole lot of skill as a head coach to come in on an Aaron Rodgers-led team in a division that's made up of dog crap. I mean, let's be honest. The last decade, the Bears haven't really threatened much at all. They've been hit or miss here and there, but they're not a huge threat. The Packers have owned them. The only thing the Bears have threatened has been the city of Chicago about a new stadium. Exactly. That's (laughs) That's what they're threatening. (laughs) That's it. The Bears haven't been much of a challenge. The Lions have been down on their luck since Barry Sanders left. And you've got a Minnesota team that some years they're okay and some years they're not. You have been in a very comfortable position in the, in the NFC North. It's been very comfortable. So you've got time to see this out. But LaFleur coming in and having Aaron Rodgers, like, yeah, it, 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 it doesn't take a, a, an elite head coach to navigate that division and get into the postseason and then flame out like they have every single year. Like, you want to see not just what you have in love. You want to see what you have in LaFleur. So as we look around 
and we try to figure out how many teams are going to be looking for quarterbacks this coming off season. Oh, they're going to have new quarterbacks next year. If it's according to Sports Talk Radio, it's probably like twenty nine to thirty two because Sports yeah. Talk Radio will run everybody out. I think we're probably in the neighborhood of ten to twelve. Does that sound about right? Off the top of my head, about a third of the league looking for new quarterbacks. Yeah. Let's run down the list. All right, go ahead. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Cardinals. We're not looking for a new quarterback. I don't know why you started with us. We're good. We got what we need. We got the big man under center. You're looking good. I'll tell you what, cat-like when I get out of that pocket. <laughs> uh, Cardinals. New quarterback or Kyler? New quarterback based on Kyler Murray, right? Not on Josh Dobbs. Right. Yeah, I would say new quarterback. I, I, w- I believe they will move on. I believe someone will want to buy on Kyler Murray. I believe they want to sell Kyler Murray not with Arizona next year. Yes. The Rams with Matthew Stafford. I Ooh, that's a good one. I think this is going to be it for Matthew Stafford. I, I do. I think there's a good chance that he could walk away after this year. Retirement makes a lot of sense. I'll say 51-49 retirement. So, yes, but it is not going to surprise me if he's back for one more year. Derek Carr back in New Orleans. Ugh, I have to look at the contract. I mean, New Orleans feels like a situation, depending on where they end, where it could be new head coach, new quarterback. Wouldn't shock me if they wanted him back. I'll say yes. I'll say he's back, but only because they end up winning seven or eight games and they don't have a better option. I think you had me at ugh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Atlanta Falcons. Yes. They will absolutely have a new quarterback. Yeah, they need a new quarterback. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, this Baker Mayfield situation is interesting. He's not bad. They feel like a team that's going to win just enough games where they're going to draft a quarterback, but probably not in the first round. And Mayfield's going to be the guy holding the job until this second round pick gets his opportunity to take over. Minnesota, yes. Yes. No doubt. No doubt. Are the Bears going to be looking at a new quarterback? Oh, my God. This is this is one of the best ones. Now, here, I'll, I'll throw something at you if it makes it a little bit easier for you. Keep in mind what Justin Fields has done the last two weeks. He has done against the two worst uh, scoring defenses in the NFL. Yeah, but I mean, you know, he looked great against Washington. He looked great against Denver. Zach Wilson wasn't able to look great against Denver, so we got to give him some credit. I will say that there will be enough games left during the season that Fields will stumble enough that they're going to blow it up and they're going to move on from him because they're going to have one, if not each, of the top two picks, and they're going to want to go with Caleb Williams. I don't disagree with that. I think he'll be somewhere else. The Raiders with Jimmy Garoppolo have to be. The only reason Garoppolo would be back would be because, again, they draft someone and then they just let Garoppolo hold the job for a year and then they turn it over. So I I wouldn't be surprised if they can't. You know what? No, they need a new quarterback because the front office and the coaching staff, they're going to want to justify their jobs. They're going to need a new QB. I don't have any doubt that they will have a new QB. Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. (laughs) I'll let you take this one. I believe that they will move on and they will take – an absolute hammer to the head on the salary cap if they are going to be moving on from him. But they are going to be moving on from Russell Wilson. I, I tell you what, I saw the video again this morning of him walking right past Sean Payton. Sean was not letting that discussion go. That was, he kind of turned his head and kept going at him in his ear. That's going to get ugly. That's going to get oh, ugly. Yeah. Sticky, 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 sticky. I like it. 
about uh, the Tennessee Titans? Yeah, yeah, that's without a shadow of a doubt. Tannehill's in the last year. You got two young guys you drafted in Malik Willis and uh, Will Levis, especially. You got to turn it over to him at some point. I'm surprised you know, Tannehill's still starting. I agree. We haven't really heard much about either one of those guys, which makes me think they can't be ready to play. Not so ready to play. Okay. Uh, the New England Patriots. They will absolutely yeah. have a new quarterback next yeah. year. Mac, Mac Jones, not the guy. And last but not least, certainly the best, the Dallas Cowboys. No. Wow. No. It's, it's too much of a Based on what Jerry head, said I, earlier? I think it's $62 million in a dead cap charge if you move on from Dak. I don't think financially you can. I think that's the problem. Oof. Carlin versus Joe. ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Friends, as the leaves change, leave the hiring to Indeed. Their all-in-one hiring platform helps you attract, interview, and hire candidates all from one place. And Indeed's interviews... Interview tools let you schedule and conduct virtual interviews right from their website. Visit indeed.com slash credit. Up next, that's right, my friends, we have a major problem in terms of players headed to IR, and you're looking for solutions. We've got them right after this in moments. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Superstar. He's unbelievable. Justin is the most complete wide receiver in the NFL. He has a way of being able to get open. That's just incredible. He says, give it to me. But unfortunately, he's headed to IR. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. So what to do? What to do if you are up against it in your fantasy league and Justin Jefferson is gone and Devon Achan is gone and James Conner is uh, out for a little bit. Uh, So this is 
why we want to bring you answers, we welcome in Mike Clay, ESPN fantasy writer and analyst to Carlin versus Joe. Uh, Mike, let's just start here with Justin Jefferson headed to IR, meaning he's going to miss at least four games, maybe more if he's not in a hurry to get back with his contractual situation not settled. What are the waiver wire options to replace him? Hey, what's up, fellas? Uh, so I think you could start by looking within the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, first of all, uh, I don't. this is not a bold statement. You're going to take a hit here, right? There's no replacing Justin Jefferson, the best receiver in the NFL, certainly in fantasy, over the past couple of seasons. But if you want to hold down the fort here for a month, month and a half, um, again, I think you start with K.J. Osborne. He's still out there in almost 80% of ESPN leagues, certainly in you know smaller leagues, 10-team leagues. You should be out there on waivers. You could scoop him up and slide him in. He, this is a guy that should be – Probably a flex option moving forward. Remember, this is a Minnesota team that's going to have to throw the ball a lot. They're in competitive games. They're trailing often. That has actually helped boost Jefferson's value over the years. It helps guys like Adam Thielen. It's helped Osborne at times be fantasy relevant. Uh, So he's a guy I think that's out there uh, in most leagues on waivers. But, of course, if you're in a shallower league and Jordan Addison's out there, remember, he's a first-round rookie, already has three touchdowns this year. You want to get him uh, as well. So, I think those are the primary benefactors here. If you want to look outside the team, uh, I think I'd look to Houston and Robert Woods. Believe it or not, I think this would shock a lot of people. Robert Woods is leading the Texans in targets. You know, so you have Tank Dell there and you have Nico Collins. It uh, looks like Dell is probably going to miss this week. He had a concussion on Sunday, so I don't expect him to play in week six. So that's a guy that's out there, again, in about three quarters of leagues you could scoop up and maybe uh, can at least hold down the fort for a week or two. If you're in a dynasty league, should you be calling the guy who owns Justin Jefferson and possibly trying to swing a deal? Uh, Joe, the answer to that question is always yes. Always yes. <laughs> if he has a down game, you should be doing that. So uh, absolutely. Uh, now is your, your time, especially if you're off to a slow start and you think this isn't going to be a year. Uh, maybe that team is, you know, whatever, 4-1 and one or a contender. Uh, and they could be without Jefferson. Now it sounds like maybe more than four weeks, and, and perhaps you can move, you know, something like a, you know, a Mike Evans or and another piece and, and play for the future and get your hands on Justin Jefferson. So I'm with you. Absolutely, always go out and try to get uh, try to get Justin Jefferson. How about the A-Chan owners, Mike Clay, ESPN fantasy writer uh, and mm-hmm. analyst? Uh, you lose Devin A-Chan. The guy's been tremendous. He might be headed for IR. Where are you headed there on the wi- waiver wire uh, to replace A-Chan? Yeah, A-Chan's so tricky moving forward, too, because what do you do with him? I mean, this guy's 5'8", 188. Is, does he have a future as a feature back in this league, or is this going to be a 13-15 to 15 touch guy that doesn't have quite the fantasy feeling of some other guys? So, uh, he's an interesting one for sure. I mean, I think if you're looking to replace him for the next few weeks, you start probably with, you know, uh, Raheem Mostert's obviously rostered in all leagues, but Jeff Wilson is likely going to come off IR this week. And remember, when the 49ers traded for Christian McCaffrey last year, they immediately sent Jeff Wilson to the Dolphins, and it took him about one week to pass out Raheem Mostert and essentially be the 1A to Mostert's 1B. So I'm not saying that's going to happen for sure starting this week or next week. But he's probably going to split the workload. Remember, Raheem Mostert's 31 and a half years old. That's not a guy that's going to be a, a 20-plus touch guy most weeks. So Wilson will be a factor. I think you could scoop him up. And, and obviously this Dolphins running back or this uh, Dolphins offense has been terrific for running back so far. So he's probably option one. But you also have Deontay Foreman, who if you know, Khalil Herbert's going to be out, Roshan Johnson had a concussion. You know, it's going to be 10 days for him, so he might play this week. But Roshan Johnson, Deontay Foreman, 
likely going to be the the backs there in Chicago. And uh, I'll give you one more here. You did mention James Conner likely to miss time. His backup. All right. So you're going to – this is not a household name by any means. This guy was undrafted this year. Amari DiMarcado is the guy likely to step up. I think he'll probably get the star. Keanu Ingram's there. They just got Tony Jones off waivers. It's not a great situation. But, again, we've had a lot of injuries here. You're, you're looking for desperate options, guys that could get you 10 to 12 fantasy points. DiMarcado might get the start this week. He'd be priority one for me out of this Arizona backfield. Uh, Mike, quickly, last question. You can just give it a yes or no answer. Uh, a few weeks ago, my season went in the tank, traded Justin Jefferson away for future first, second-round picks and such, and now he gets hurt. I'm happy about it. Am I trash? <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, man. We... <laughs> no, that, that's bad. Uh, that's, you know, I, don't, I, I believe in, uh, in process over everything and not in omen, so I guess you're safe, but... Uh... Uh, I guess you're relieved, if anything. I'll give you a relief. I don't know if you should be happy about it, though. We, we obviously want these guys to be healthy because we don't want to see many more games like Denver and Chicago, right? We want to see right. good offenses out there on the field. So uh, we want uh, To be clear, I'm play. not happy that Justin Jefferson is hurt. I'm happy that the guy I traded him to is getting stuck. That's what I'm happy about. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the worst. It's, 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 totally Mike, it's, Mike, it's much more noble. I don't think you understand. It's much more noble. <laughs> sure it is. Sure it is. I'm not buying that for a second. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. Uh, you got it, guys. Carla versus like Joe. You don't, Mike, you, right you don't seem to understand. I'm not some monster who roots for injuries. I'm just rooting for my friend to have a miserable year. Is that so bad? Well, he's not my friend. He's an acquaintance. That's number one. <laughs> well, that's fine then. Number two, this guy I worked with like 15 years ago, and, I, and frankly, I never really cared for him. <laughs> that's not even an acquaintance then. So I fleeced him, and now <laughs> he doesn't even get to enjoy the Justin Jefferson part of it. Well, but he has Jefferson forever, right? Because it's a dynasty league. Uh, it, it, this was the last year he could be kept. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, you did great. You Here's did great, my response then. to it. Oh. It's the uh, old Jerry Seinfeld. That's eh, a shame. That's uh, a shame. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. I'm under no illusion. I am the worst. That's okay. A rough night for Mr. Fortenbaugh. We're not even talking about his wagering. That's oh, next on. on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. 
Plus, you can send with confidence knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. The pitch. Swing and a high fly ball drilled out towards center field. That one back, back some more. Harris at the wall and he makes the catch. Racing back to first is Harper as the throw comes in. Cut off, throw to first, double play. Oh, my goodness. Harris's throw got away from Albies, but Riley was there. And the game ends on an 8-5-3 double play. Holy cow. So herein lies the question for Phillies fans, like my partner Joe Fortenbaugh. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Don't forget, you can be a part of Carlin versus Joe Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Joseph, can you come out of those first two games and say, we did our job, we got one, now we're headed back to Citizens Bank Park? Or do you come out of it like, oh, Man, we had our opportunity last night, and that was a kick in the pants. Where are you mentally today? As a fan, the second one, without a shadow of a doubt. You're up 4 nothing. You're cruising along. You got a chance to bury these guys and then bring it back to Philly where the bank's going to be rocking and then close the thing out. Like, that's, that's the dream scenario, and you were set up for it and your bullpen couldn't deliver. I know everyone's going to focus on the play at the end of the game with the double play because it was historic. We had never seen that before in the postseason. I, I don't care. Whatever. Great play in the outfield. Great play by the Braves, not to take away from them. But that's not going to be the play where it's like, can you believe Harper got picked off? I, Harper is on house money in that city. House money. He's already one of the all-time great Philadelphia athletes. He's done so much for that team so much for that organization, so much for that city. I don't, I don't care if he got doubled up. I don't care. Do you know why he got doubled up? It's not because he had his finger up his rear end and he was staring out in the outfield not paying attention. Well, he was trying to score. He was trying to make a play. And they ended up making a great play in the outfield, and that was that. So I'm not the least bit concerned about him getting doubled up. I am a little bit concerned about the bullpen coming in and blowing that game. That didn't necessarily need to happen. You could have found your way through it, but so be it. You bring it home. How resilient can you be as an organization? We got Aaron Nola coming up in game three. This could be a legacy-defining game for Aaron Nola. Supposed to be an ace. I believe he's headed for free agency. This is where the organization needs you. They needed you twice against the Astros last year. You were unable to deliver. Here's a chance to start a re- to, to have it to rewrite history. You gotta come up big against the Braves. And you're gonna have the home fans behind you, so you should be in a situation where you can deliver. Listen, I, I think you have to be I, I get it. I would be crushed after that. It would it would do a lot to my psyche, I'm not going to lie. I think you have to be okay with getting home up with one game in Atlanta because the Braves have been just that, a an absolute dynamo all season long. And while I absolutely love, love what the Phillies have been about the last couple of years, and that has just been about 
the really good vibes and, you know, just a kind of difference-making energy that gets there in the postseason sometimes. The Braves are the better team overall. You got one down there. You go home, you take care of business, you make this happen. I still think the Phillies right now are winning this series. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. We positioned this as, how would you feel if you're the Phillies splitting the series in Atlanta, but having had the opportunity, a great opportunity to take both games from them? Let's look at it the other way. Atlanta needed an all-time comeback just to even it up to head to Philly. Like, Atlanta's supposed to be the big juggernaut. Atlanta is supposed to be the best team in the business. Atlanta wasn't supposed to be down 0-1 at home, down 4 nothing in Game 2. They're supposed to handle their business. After all, this is the Phillies. They look down upon the Phillies. The problem for Atlanta is that as big and bad as they are, last year they got walloped by Philadelphia. And they're not going to say it publicly, but the one team they didn't want to draw in the NL was Philadelphia. Because they know that team doesn't care about what they did during the regular season. Everyone also look at Atlanta and the lineup and Max Fried and Spencer Strider. And they'll sit back and they'll say, all right, all right, this is, this is a tall task. Philly doesn't care. Philly no. doesn't look at Atlanta with fear. That's what other teams do. And that's why Atlanta doesn't want them. Atlanta very lucky to have the opportunity to go to Philly 1-1. So I, I'd spin it that way and say they're in for a rude awakening when they get back to the Northeast. They did do some damage to Freed, that's for sure. Uh, the oh, Phillies, no question. The, the Phillies are not scared of anybody. That, that is their best trait. The Phillies are not intimidated by anyone at all. And that, I think, is a tone that is set by Harper above all else. And everybody else kind of buys into that. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. But unfortunately, it was the Braves who were getting it done last night. Brought to you by Granger. With supplies and solutions for every industry, Granger has the right product for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Boy, the Dodgers just cannot get out of their own way in the postseason. It, it is, I, I mean, it is brutal. It is absolutely brutal. It's actually kind of awesome when you think about it, right? Well, here's the thing. Not for Dodgers fans. Shout out all the Dodgers fans out there. But if you're not a Dodgers fan, the whole thing's kind of awesome. There's nothing better than the team that spends boatloads of money every year yeah. not being able to figure it out. you got to love that in baseball. I, let me say one other thing. There, there is a legacy for me that is incredibly complicated because of how he has performed in the postseason, and that is Clayton Kershaw. Mm. I mean, I don't know that we have ever seen a guy who has so consistently been great during the course of his career, and yet what he has done in the postseason has been so consistently disappointing Every year. And I, I just, I, I feel for him. I mean, Clayton Kershaw, one of the best pitchers that we have seen, Joe, in the last 25 years, in the playoffs, is 13 and 13 with a four and a half ERA in his life. I mean, that is unbelievable to me. What do you attribute that to? I, I attribute it more to just being in the postseason and when you have these moments continue to pop up it's kind of like quicksand you know did you ever did you ever see the movie the replacements with uh keanu reeves yes and he talks about quicksand 
oh, you tr- you fight harder to try to get out of it, and you just keep sinking deeper, and you keep making mistake after mistake. That's what Clayton Kershaw looks like in the playoffs. Every time he goes out there and pitches, any one mistake, it doesn't feel like he's able to let go of and just move on. So you Maybe think it's a, mental, it's a mental thing? Man, I think so. How can you be that good during the regular season and turn into this in the playoffs? How does that he's happen? Not, he's not the only guy. There are a no, lot of guys not. throughout history who have had that problem that the second the lights come on in the postseason, they just can't figure out how to get it done. It's just too much. I, I get it, but Joe, this is a guy that's won 210 games in the big leagues, and his lifetime ERA is two and a half. That's it's less than two and a half. I mean, he has, uh, God, I look at his entire career. Joe, Clayton Kershaw has been over three with his ERA twice in his career, if you don't count his first year in the big leagues. Well, it's only it's a short career, right? It's not like he's been around two decades. Oh, not since, you know, 2008. (laughs) Dear God. It's so disappointing to see this. I want this guy to to just be lights out in the playoffs. I want to see it and just consistently outside of a, a COVID year, which... All right, World Series, he was good, but it's still the COVID year, and nobody was really paying attention. Can you win a legitimate (laughs) World Series, for Pete's sake? That's just wrong. This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.